At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is the Nightcap on VSN, the sports betting network. Welcome back to the Nightcap. Holden Kushner here, Wes Reynolds, hanging out with you tonight, talking a lot of NFL, some baseball, a little college football. We got the big the big drop tomorrow. Yeah. All the hard work you've done this offseason finally pays off for you, Wes. Not just me, a cavalcade of characters here. Of course, uh, Matt Eumann's contributed, mm-hmm. Adam Burke, and Steve Mackinnon is going to have his usual stuff in there, the trends and the stats and evaluating the first-year head coaches. So that is going to drop tomorrow. Ooh. Can't wait. <laughs> As I start to lose uh, my voice. My guy's in the desert tomorrow, and I know that I'll be leading the show off looking at that, talking about all the amazing things you boys did on that. Uh, let's get back. You know what? Before we do that, Yankees did trade for uh, Andrew Benatendi. I don't see any line movement this quickly. I guess a whole bunch of uh, money didn't come in on the Yankees moving the needle. Right. No, it's not going to. It's one of those ancillary <laughs> moves, though, that eventually pay off. And yeah. we're going to see some more moves here throughout the week. And then the weekend, of course, August 2nd is the trade deadline. Ooh, we are 43 days away from the NFL season kicking off. Let's. We get actually back. have football tomorrow. We actually have two opposing teams hitting each other in beds. It is the Hall of Fame game, yeah. our Las Vegas Raiders against the yeah. Jacksonville Jaguars in Canton, Ohio. All right. Well, if you want to bring that up, I mean, first of all, that came fast, right? It did come fast. Yeah. Second of all, if there is one game that I don't get geeked up for, it is the Hall of Fame. Yeah, game. I don't really either because yeah. obviously, uh, you know, it's an extra game. So are you even going to see the first unit guys? So that's one thing you want to work look for if you're starting to bet preseason, just that one game this week. And then we get underway, in essence, uh, next Thursday on August 11th. So look at those quarterback rotations. I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see Derek Carr at all tomorrow, pretty much, for the Las Vegas Raiders. Do you bet the preseason? I do. Uh, slightly. I mean, I basically go on different angles. And what I talk about with quarterback rotations, that's one thing that I use a lot in the preseason. And it's not necessarily the starters. I look at the backups and – Teams that I like to bet in the preseason in these situations are teams that have running quarterbacks because what you're looking at in the preseason, they don't want to show everything. 
They don't want to show, you know, open up the playbook and a lot of defensively, you might not see a ton of exotic blitzing. You'll see a lot of man coverage or underneath coverage where they may just rush their front four. So you're going to get a lot of base defense. You know, the defensive coordinators, I don't think are really going to empty the toolbox in the preseason. So what happens, you get third string defenders and fourth stringers and guys just trying to make the team that might just make it on special teams and they get out of position. So a running quarterback and a quarterback that can scramble really does well. I remember the Baltimore Ravens, you, we talked about how John Harbaugh has like got this outstanding record in the preseason against the number because he always seems to have a running quarterback. Remember Troy Smith out of Ohio State? He would be like their number three quarterback, and he'd look like an absolute stud in the preseason because you, know, you get a busted play and you get a quarterback that can make something out of it. So that's something you absolutely want to look at. Do we want to blind bet the Ravens at this point? I mean, all they ever do is win preseason games. You kind of have to, and yeah. I'm already look. I'm already seeing it. This is next Thursday, by the way. I Four think and this, a half. Yeah, this open two and a half. I'm um, looking on my Don Best screen, and now I'm seeing as high as four and a half yeah. because look, people are going to keep betting streaks. And then you look at uh, Lamar, Tyler Huntley, Brent Huntley, and then uh, I believe Anthony Brown. I think out of Oregon and Boston College, all guys that kind of have mobility and, and can scramble. So there's a good reason why you're seeing that. I'm probably not going to bet it at this standpoint. I usually don't like to lay that big of a favorite in the preseason, to be quite honest with you. So I do bet the preseason, but in spots. So for me, my big thing with the preseason is following the news. I mean, you you mm -hmm. have to follow beat writers. Yeah, absolutely. Have to, because you're going to get all the information you need from them. Who is starting? Mm -hmm. Who's going to get the majority of the playing yeah, time? Yeah, follow your local papers. Yeah. Uh, every single one has a ESPN writer that covers a team or the athletic or wherever you get your news or information. But you absolutely got to do that because, you know, coaches, I think, maybe are a little bit more candid in the preseason where it's like, okay. Now, now some protect it like it's nuclear secrets. Belichick. Yeah, absolutely. So... But most guys are going to say, yeah, this guy's going to play probably three series or this guy's going to play a quarter and a half. So you know that going in and all you're trying to do is just basically beat the odds makers behind the counter and beat them to that news. Because that's the one advantage I think that betters have now that they didn't have, you know, in the golden days of the 1980s where, you know, everything, only the guys behind the counter had the computer and not necessarily the masses. But now... You've got this thing, and you can get the news quickly, and it's just about beating the guys to the number before they can move it. Yeah, there's two things, and I don't want to say it's chasing steam, but there's two things you gotta you gotta do here. You gotta follow the news. Mm -hmm. That is to me the number one thing, and then beating the book to it. Yeah, because most books, and I will say there's there's two books in particular I like to target, mm -hmm. and I usually can beat them to the news, mm -hmm. but. That's another thing, you know, turning that turning the information you're getting from these beat writers. Into well, a bet. And what you talked about there, uh, you kind of uh, reached on a point where you got to look also at the screen a little bit. If you have like a Don Best screen, maybe you have like a free odd screen and you got to compare between the books and, you know, know which books are maybe take the sharper action, know which are a little bit more casual, better, or if you want to call it quote unquote public, there's new betters getting into the market every single day because there's more companies getting into new jurisdictions mm -hmm. and new states. So as you get these new betters, nobody starts out as a sharp better immediately. So keep that in mind. And, and yeah, you got to compare and say, okay, is this a square shop that's given me? And I do that in the regular season where I can, you know, however much I can get down, whatever limit, if somebody's popping a seven out there and it's kind of one of the square shops and the rest of the market is six and a half, those are things you want to look at. Yeah.
Yeah, and, and again, the news, 45 minutes is a general rule, 30 to 60 minutes before game time. Mm-hmm. Here's an active, here who is going to play. Yeah. How many series is this starting quarterback? And, 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 and if you're all on social media, even if you don't tweet, there's nothing wrong with having an yeah. account and just following the news and you see – Schefter, whatever national reporter is going to say, okay, these are the inactives, and then you're just trying to beat everybody to number. Yeah, it's it's the local beat writers. I mean, that's that's the way you got to go. These guys get the information first; they give it to you. And if we're getting it at the same time yeah. as the books are, yeah, boom, beat them to it. Yeah, because we we now have the same information. It used to be, it was a lot tougher to find information. It was a lot tougher. I mean to get newspapers uh, all over the country. I mean, you might be able to get the big ones if they're on your newsstand, wherever you're from, but you couldn't go and look at like a small town college newspaper like you, like you can now. Cause everybody has the web, mm-hmm. everybody has phone, everybody has social media. So that's the advantage where I think the book's advantage over the player is even smaller than it's ever been. I'm pretty sure the three guys behind the glass right now, there's two or three of you guys have never heard of a newspaper. This is like, what's first, that? Yeah, it's the first time. I mean, you well, guys never got the ink on your hands. Well, I was about to say uh, microfiche. Remember microfiche <laughs> right, from the library? Down, I mean, settle down. I mean, uh, I'm like 70 here. Go to the library and read the New York Times or whatever paper microfiche. on microfiche. <laughs> that is the best. I bet you didn't think that you would hear that term. Tonight. No, I, I did not. Like, that's Ben Roethlisberger. Like, he, he, microfiche is the Ben Roethlisberger mm-hmm. of. Like we're freaking Woodward and Bernstein here, oh looking for looking for All information. Right, hold on, Wes. Yeah, we got we got three minutes left in the segment. At least let me get to this and get us off a of microfiche. Come back, <laughs> Player of the Year. Okay, come back, Player of the Year. The odds. Well, I want to start with this. Come back, Player of the Year. The last four have been quarterbacks: mm-hmm. Burrow, Smith, Tannehill, Luck. Then it was Keenan Allen. It was Jordy Nelson for a while. Eric Berry coming back from cancer. Gronkowski. Recently, these last four years, we've had quarterbacks. Taking the cake. This year, Derrick Henry is the uh, odds-on favorite, plus 400. Jameis Winston, 5.5 to 1. McCaffrey, 7.5. Daniel Jones, 8 to 1. I am not touching a running back in right. this award. It's not going to happen. But maybe one of those quarterbacks. Yeah, if you look at the running backs, by the way, the last running back to win NFL Comeback Player of the Year was Willis McGahee no. back in 04, and then Garrison That's older Hurst than Microfiche. Yes, yes, he is older than Microfiche, absolutely. <laughs> but, you know, you can understand Derrick Henry being put up there as the favorite. Yeah. Obviously, he was off to a hell of a start last year, and then he got injured against Indianapolis. So, really, maybe the best two running backs in the NFL are right there in the AFC South with uh, Henry and Jonathan Taylor, uh, my guy from Indianapolis. But, I think Jameis Winston, you know, he's up there. If you want to go a little bit chalky, he makes a lot of sense. I like Dennis Allen as the new head coach. I think they committed to Jameis, at least slightly committed to him, gave him two years, but they're not going with Taysom Hill anymore, where Sean Payton was really trying to make that happen. So I think just as Jameis' team, they're going to sink or swim with him. McCaffrey, you mentioned, he was like 16-1, to one, I think, I think at some point when this market opened, yeah. and now you're seeing him at 7-1. to one. So no thank you for me. So uh, if I'm trying to go down the board a little here, bit I'll here. throw this at you. And you just talked about wide receivers, and wide receivers just generally don't do this. Mm-hmm. Allen Robinson, and unfortunately there was a tweet today from Beat rather like, Allen Robinson fits in this perfectly. He's going to be a great fit mm-hmm. in L.A. I love this guy's talent. I think he's finally in a spot where he can succeed. He's not yeah. in Chicago anymore. Yeah, because his his, no, his numbers were down. Dude, I think this dude way eclipses 1,000 yards receiving this year. Mm-hmm. He's going to have a monster season. The only problem is, do they look at a wide receiver? 
Right, right. And 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 look, Robinson, we're going to see what he does, too. And Odell Beckham, is he going to decide, okay, he wants to come maybe. back maybe for another one? I think that they would absolutely take him back. I happen to see him on the odds down there at 50 to 1. So, you know, I might need a little more to take a stab at that. But uh, in terms of the shorter guys, Winston, I think, makes a little bit of sense. You brought up uh, Robinson. Uh, maybe Cam Akers on the Los Angeles Rams, who did not play hardly at all last year and returned just right before the playoffs. Uh so the Rams, are they going to run the ball? Are they going to be committed to running the ball a little bit more this year and maybe use Akers a little bit in the short passing game? Because you can't run the same thing that you did last year, so you still got to have some wrinkles. Obviously, Cooper Cup, you would think, is going to have a very good year, but it's priced to the moon. So you got to get Robinson involved. you got to get Akers involved as well. Matt Stafford won that award back in 2011. He's obviously not going to be in the mix. Chad Pennington, 2006 mm-hmm. and 2008. Injured quarterbacks have tended to do well in this market right, over the then years. Jameis might be there, although I think he throws way too many interceptions. He's Wes. I'm holding. Let's talk some baseball next. Nightcap on VSIN, the sports betting network. This is the Nightcap on VSIN, the sports betting network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar, whether it's a walk off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bet Rivers has got you covered. Bet Rivers has a series of city casts designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. By the way, I'm Holden Kushner. I host the Denver City Cast. We got City Cast in Chicago, Detroit, LA, New York, Philly, Pittsburgh, and now Washington, D.C. Subscribe to your local City Cast wherever you get your podcasts. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. It is. The Nightcap. Holden Kushner from the Denver City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers. Wes Reynolds. Wes Reynolds. With the Wes Reynolds, uh, Wes Reynolds Corporation. Easy for you to say. It's over. It really wasn't, <laughs> was it? What a debacle that turned into. Um, so uh, I'm all about admitting my failures and uh, saying your name, obviously, hey, is one of them. A- absolutely. We're all, we're all friends here. We all, no, no secrets. Yeah. Put it all out. It there. is nice to finally get to meet you because all the people here, I talk to you guys on Skype. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, you're, it, it, since the pandemic, it seems like I know most people that way, but it is nice to actually. So, meet so now that you've met me, all your fears were confirmed, at least. We know that. No, I love you. <laughs> I, I really have enjoyed this show so far, and we're going to continue to do so. 
We're going to go right now. We're going to look at the uh, the American League and National League odds in Major League Baseball. For those of you that are just joining us, Wes and I have tackled a lot of baseball so far tonight. Ben Attendee going to the Yankees. We're still waiting for the next shoe to drop, and it looks like maybe a pitcher. Maybe it's Castillo going to the Yankees. But we start in the American League, and if you're going to start in the American League, don't you have to start with the Yankees, Wes, at plus 170 to get to the World Series? Uh, for me, listen, it's not easy getting there. Astros plus 215, Jays plus 550. It's different when you're handicapping yeah. the playoffs because I need two front-line starters to just mm-hmm. get me started in mm-hmm. the playoffs. Yankees have that? I think they do. Uh, I mean, they really probably, in terms of a combination, have had arguably the best starting staff in yeah. baseball, I think, really. Uh, Jameson Tyone may be the weak link, but look, Domingo Herman is getting back throwing. I know he only went four and two-thirds today, but that's what they're going to be looking at. It's okay, do we need, and look, oftentimes you don't pitch your fifth starter necessarily, but we know Garrett Cole, Nestor Cortez, Tyone with a good record, but the peripherals I think could be a little bit better. Severino has been, I think, pretty solid here. I mean, all of their starting guys, Garrett Cole, ERA barely over three. Nestor Cortez, best of the bunch at about two and a half. Tyone, just a little bit under four. Jordan Montgomery, who never quite seems to get a decision. I'm just looking at this. 20 started games, only three and three record. He never goes for a decision, but a 350 ERA, very solid. And all the XFIPs, too, are right by the ERA. And that's kind of what I look at pitchers on a day-to-day basis. If the XFIP is substantially higher than the ERA, I think there's regression coming. And that's kind of the way I play it. I'll get back to it with Severino, 345 ERA. They're trying to work uh, Herman back in. So I think that they have enough starting pitching to go really deep in a series. I think they're going to get another one, though. And if it is Castillo, mm-hmm. I wonder where this line goes. Yeah, exactly. And you mentioned Castillo. I, I think, uh, you know, he is going to be a guy certainly on the move. We're going to start to see, and we know who the sellers are. The Reds are absolutely a seller, and my club is going nowhere. Castillo actually had a good outing there in the Bronx a few weeks ago, so they got a up-close-and-personal look at Luis Castillo he makes a lot of sense for the Yankees. I think that's a good call by you. Then you've got the Astros at plus 215. Here's Justin Verlander. We know how great Verlander is. We've got Lance McCullers on the way back. Mm-hmm. Garcia. I mean, there's there's a lot in that rotation. Again, you've got to get your big man healthy. Alvarez, he looked healthy today. What has he got? 29 home runs right. already. You've got a battle-tested team in the playoffs. I mean, if we're just going by value here, the Astros, to me, would be the team. Yeah, and, and you look at the Astros, it's going to be interesting to see how they treat this because I know the temptation, obviously, if you're right there, you want to go for it and be the number one team in the American League and have your the uh, potential ALCS at Minute Maid Park in a Game 7 and not have to go to the stadium if that's how it uh, works out. But Verlander obviously is the top-line starter, 13-3, 186 ERA, just a masterful job by Justin Verlander and he doesn't throw the gas every single pitch but every once in a while he can dial one up there and get that velocity up to where it used to be you just can't do it as frequently Framber Valdez has been very solid this year Luis Garcia I think has been solid uh the pitching I think is kind of a wash between the Yankees and the Astros maybe a small lean to the Yankees just on the basis of the numbers but I think you're right on the Astros. They got to stay healthy. And that's what I'm wondering what Dusty is going to do as we get to the final about 60 games of the season. Is he going to be a little bit more, you know, 
gun shy about mm-hmm. playing guys every single day? Is he going to mix in where it's like, okay, we're going to skip a start with Verlander, or we're going to have some more rest days for a Bregman or for Alvarez or Altuve, knowing that they're not going to get caught in the division, but yet still wanting to obviously keep pace with the Yankees. I need a good bullpen in the playoffs. We talk about how great the Yankees pen is. I mean, the Astros at a 1.13 whip, walks, hits, mm-hmm. and innings pitch. It's an indicator that I kind of like. Are there some better ones? Yes. Maybe you look at Sierra, yes, but whip, how many base runners are we putting on? Houston, number one. Yankees, number one, 1.13. You don't look at ERA here, but if you wanted to, top two teams there. So the question is, who would be the third team in the American League if we're not looking at the Yankees and the Astros, if we're not going with the chalk? Is it the Blue Jays? Is it the White Sox at 13-1? to The Rays? The Twins? Do the Mariners have a magic carpet ride? Talk to me here, Wes. Who's the other team we can at least yeah, look at? Yeah, I'm trying to figure it out, and I keep wanting to say the White Sox for all the uh. reasons that we talked about earlier, but this team, just they're just not consistent. So I, I, it is very hard for me. Uh, look, uh, 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 the Mariners, you talk about bullpen ERA, uh, 110 on the whip. So maybe, <coughs> excuse me, maybe this Mariners team is absolutely for real. I know they got smacked around by Houston, mm-hmm. so it's kind of like, Okay, you get pushed down to where you were, but then they just swept the Rangers, so they showed at least some resiliency, and they've been the real surprise. I thought, okay, you know, these streaks happen in baseball in the middle of the season. You can't always take them seriously or overvalue them, but I'm all of a sudden maybe starting to be a little bit of a believer in the Seattle Mariners. At least maybe, maybe they could be that third team because I keep thinking it's the White Sox just on the talent, just going up and down the roster, but... We just haven't seen the consistency. No, no. And listen, Seattle, as far as that goes with this team, uh, it really has been magical. But let's see if they even get to the playoffs. They're not there yet. It's been the longest drought in North American sports, right? What is it, Mm -hmm. 20 years now? It's been a long time since they've been to the playoffs. Wes, let's run to the National League real quick. Uh, Dodgers heavy favorites plus 170. But as we've seen so many times over recent history, the Dodgers (laughs) – they can be beat yeah. by anybody. So we got the Dodgers, the heavy favorites here. Mets plus three twenty here in the National League, more open, more wide open. Braves four to yeah. one. Brewers eight and a half to one. Padres ten to one. Yeah, I, I thought we were going to get maybe about fourteen or sixteen to one there on the Padres. Then I might yeah. be a little more interested. But you talk about you liking bullpen statistics and who's better than the Dodgers really Nobody. in the National League for the bullpen. So rightful favorites up there. Uh, I'm still not a big believer in the Brewers. I just, they, they don't hit consistently enough. I know they put up a bunch of runs on Colorado last week, but I don't think that that necessarily solved their offensive woes. So they're not a team I'm buying. The Phillies, I want to see maybe what they do. I think they could get in the wild card if they get Bryce back. You know that they can hit, and these young guys have stepped up. Bryson Stott, who's from right here in Las Vegas, went to Desert Oasis High School just a little bit south of here. And he has been a revelation there at second base. Uh, hit another big home run, won him the game the other night. Kyle Schwarber, you know, is hitting bombs, but got to get Bryce back. But the kind of the weakness for the Phillies is the bullpen and also the defense. The defense has just been terrible. Uh, you know, I don't know how they're going to address that necessarily at the deadline, but they've been a better team, I think, since they went with Rob Thompson as the manager and Joe Girardi got let go. So, you know, looking down the board, I think we're trying to find that dark horse, and I just don't see it with the Giants. I don't see it with the Cardinals. Uh, you know, their pitching has been unhealthy all year. It's like, you know, when is uh, Alex Reyes, who was supposed to be their closer, finally going to get back? Is he going to pitch this year? Flaherty returned, then went back on the injured list. Matt's just returned. So 
they've had some uh, unhealthy uh, issues there at the pitching, even though Goldie's had a hell of a year at the plate. You got the Braves at four to one. I mean, this, can they repeat is the question. You don't see that very often. Anymore. Well, one thing I'll say, Austin Riley, and like if I'm looking at the NL MVP, I know he's been down there in like the mid-teens. That'd be where I'd go. Because I think the Dodger guys are going to split all the votes. I don't think Goldie should be the odds-on favorite. I don't know if Alonzo is going to get it. So Austin Riley's done a hell of a job, and Matt Olson replacing Freddie yeah. Freeman. They're starting to get Acuna, I think, back. You know, he hasn't hit for a lot of the power. That's why I didn't like him in the home run derby. But I think he's going to start to get into the flow. And, and really, their rotation, it's just the back end. The veterans got to be better. Morton's got to be better, and Ian Anderson's got to be better. Spencer Strider, the rookie's done a hell of a job. Freed's obviously been fantastic. So wouldn't be surprised maybe the Braves got another arm at the deadline. All right, next on the nightcap, he's Wes, I'm Holden. Oh, I got a golf whisperer over here. Is this true? The Rocket City or the Rocket Mortgage Classic? Mm -hmm. Excuse me. I'm so excited to talk golf with you. It's just been a very stumbleacious segment for me. But – I have so many amazing stats for you, Wes. I'm just going to blow your mind with my golf analytics. I am ready for my mind to be blown. You should be. You should be. This is the Nightcap on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. This is the Nightcap on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. The VSIN football betting guides are coming soon. As a matter of fact, rumor is tomorrow. There's no better way to prepare for the college and pro football seasons. Our experts, like Wes Reynolds, they provide profiles of every single team with advanced stats and power ratings, plus best bets on season win totals, division finishes, player awards. Reserve your copy of the football betting guides today. Get access to everything we offer for the entire football season with a VSIN all access subscription. Make this football season your best ever. Subscribe right now. VSIN.com backslash subscribe. Welcome back to the Nightcap. I'm Holden Kushner, host of the Denver City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers. You know Wes Reynolds. You know him very well. Not only does he write all sorts of things for our football betting guides, but he's also a golf guy. He is a man of mystery, but a man of <laughs> great knowledge when it comes to golf. And Wes, this week, we're in Detroit. We got, what, the Rocket Mortgage Classic? Yes. Truly a classic. Truly a classic. Uh, 7,370-yard 7, course, par 72, smaller than average greens. I mean, trust me, I, I had my golf guys write up just this wonderful mm-hmm. rundown for you so I could at least hang with you for a little bit. Um, so all four par fives playing over 550 yards. We got one water hazard on this. I threw out all this stuff. It probably doesn't matter too much, but Wes – Talk to me here. When we come, do we start with the course? Do we start with the weather? What do you want to start with when we're breaking down this tournament? Yeah, I think when you look at this uh, tournament's history, and by the way, this is only the fourth Rocket Mortgage Classic, but if you go kind of looking last year, even though 18 under was a winning score, Cam Davis in that playoff over Joaquin Neiman and Troy Merritt, Bryson won it at 23 under in 2020. Nate Lashley, who is a Monday qualifier, ended up winning this event at 250 to 1 at 25 under par. So this is a birdie fest. You've got to probably get to 20 under or better to really have a chance to win at this thing. This is a Donald Ross design. So these greens have like a little bit of runoff, but the speed's going to be average 12 on the stint meter. 
like you mentioned, smaller greens, a little bit over 5,100 square feet on average, 80% POA, 20% bent grass. So POA, bent, mix, but this is not going to be like when you hear POA for the greens, POA Anwa for the greens, you think of the West Coast and you think of like where it's really bumpy at Torrey Pines or at Pebble Beach. These are a little bit more smoother. These do not putt like West Coast POA, so players should be able to attack and make birdies here. And uh, like you said, par 72, 73, 70. Bunker's really the only defense. The rough is kind of thick here, four inches, but the fairways are relatively wide, about 36 feet on or yards rather on average. So what I look from a stat standpoint, I look at strokes gain approach every week. That's your iron play. I looked at strokes gain ball striking because that takes it a little bit off the tee. Good drives gained, I think, are going to be important. You can be a bomber and win here, but you like Bryson did a couple years ago, but you don't necessarily have to be. And then I look, if you're looking at metrics, opportunities gained and also birdie or better gained. You're going to want to see guys that are setting themselves up for birdies all the time. So like Cam Young was number one, I think, on the model that I ran over the last 24 rounds. Cameron Young, obviously, a very shorter price this week. I think we have five of the... Uh, Top 25 here in the world golf rankings. Patrick Cantlay, of course, the headliner. But this isn't a tournament. I usually at Birdie Fest don't like to take favorites. I know one got there last week with Tony Finau as Scott Piercy kind of melted down on Sunday, and Tony Finau was right up there to pick up the pieces. But usually haven't seen favorites in these tournaments holding at least the top guy in the market win. I think it's only happened three times this season. Sam Burns at the Sanderson Farms, Rom at the uh, Mexico Open down in Puerto Vallarta, and then, of course, Finau last week. So if we're betting this day two, day three, day four, we're trying to find a hot putter. No, yes. That's the big deal? Yeah, I think so. And look, putting, I always say this, uh, you know, on long shots and any other spots here on the network, putting is always the thing that kind of seems to have the most variance. It can be hot one day and it can totally disappear and go off the rails the next days. So that's why I always say, look at strokes gained approach, look at strokes gained off the tee, you know, look at the proximity to the hole. Look at your ball striking statistics because those are usually going to stay true. So I'm looking at the weather here. We might <clears> have <throat> some winds, right? Mm-hmm. We may have some winds early Thursday morning. How do we use that to our advantage? Yeah, more often than not, the winds are going to be deni- are kind of benign in, in okay. the morning because they usually blow, blow harder in the afternoon. But it can vary. But oftentimes, I think for first-round leader, Usually, more, you know, more often than not, you are going to get it, I think, in the morning flight. Uh, but if you're saying the winds are going to pick up well, in the morning. 15 to 20 by the afternoon time. So yeah. it will pick up as the day goes on. Should be gusty in the morning, 15 to 20 in the afternoon. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you know, you, more often than not on a first-round leader bet, I'm going to go off morning flight guy. Yeah, trust me, I took meteorology in college. Very good at it. There's like wind directions, all sorts of cool stuff, and that's how I ended up in. Sports. You got a regular Al Roker over here. Yeah, again, uh, that's a microfiche reference. Uh, <laughs> anybody under the age of forty has no idea what the <clears throat> hell you're talking about. So let's talk about some individuals in particular, round one, and maybe for the full tournament. Who are yeah. some guys that caught your eye? Yeah, I took some more longer shots this week. Uh, actually, <laughs> I did not go with the Cameron Youngs and the Wills Alatoruses. Look, if they beat me, they beat me. I'm waiting to kind of use them maybe two or three weeks from now when we get into the FedEx Cup playoffs when they're like double the price and they're Mm -hmm. in the 40-to-1 range because these are the two hot players really that haven't won yet on the PGA Tour where it's like, okay, the win is coming. But maybe not this week. I know uh, one of my colleagues uh, played one, if not both of them, but I was willing to take a pass. And actually the first guy that I bet is something I don't usually do. I don't usually bet the guy that won the tournament the year before. But I am going to do it this week with Cam Davis at 35 to 1. 
Three top tens, last four starts, fourth in this field for opportunities gained, sixth for birdie or better gain. So went with Davis, uh, <clears throat> also went with Maverick McNeely, 45 to one. I think Matt Eumanns also is on McNeely. So made the cut here uh, twice in two events, uh, eighth in 2020. Really good birdie maker, a guy that's one of the better putters on the PGA Tour, so he can really get hot. So McNeely, 45 to one. Taylor Pendriff at 65 to one, Canadian guy that fractured his rib at the players and missed about three and a half months. Came back a few weeks ago at the Barbasol, was 13th, was 11th at the Barracuda up there in the Reno Tahoe area. So he got the rust off. I think he could go very well this week. Brendan Steele, 70 to one, double of what he was last week at the 3M Open. He missed the cut. So obviously people are going to go away from it. It's like, oh, he burned me. And that's what betters kind of do. You know, a guy burns you the week before. The putting has not been good if you look at the stats, but number one in the field in strokes gained ball striking in the last 24 rounds. And what that means, strokes gained ball striking, is strokes gained off the tee plus strokes gained approach. That equals that number. So I thought he was a good bet at 70 to 1. Uh, Cam Champ, 75 to 1, one of the biggest bombers on the tour. 16th last week at the 3M was a 75. Looked like he was going to miss the cut. And then went 68, 67, 67 over the final 54 hole. Wyndham Clark. Patrick Rogers. I mean, Wyndham Clark could make sense here. Uh, by the way, uh, Wyndham actually lives here in town in Summerlin. Uh, really a big bomber. So a guy, if he can just whack it off the tee and keep it in play, he could go low here. I didn't play him, but I certainly looked at him. A uh, couple triple-digit guys to give you two. Callum Terran, who I played last week, he was my best Ooh, finisher. Okay. Tied for seventh at the 3M Open. Top 25, three of the last four starts. Gained almost 10 strokes with his ball striking last week. So... Oftentimes, I think like hot putting doesn't necessarily carry over from week to week or event to event. Ball striking does. And then uh, I'm going to give a, a name that maybe a lot of people have not heard of because he's not a professional player on the PGA Tour. He's actually an amateur. Michael Tior Bornsen. And if you don't want to bet him on the outright, this might be a good guy in the top 20 market at DraftKings or whatever book offers those for you. 135 to 1 to win. He is a 20 year old All American at Stanford University. He was fourth earlier this summer at the Travelers up in Connecticut. Led the field in putting that week. The Greens at River Highlands, where they played the Travelers, actually very similar to here at Detroit. So uh, he's trying to become the first amateur to win a PGA Tour event since 1991. That would be uh, Phil Mickelson. And then Adam Shank, 180 to 1, has made the cut in all three appearances here in Detroit. Fifth on approach last week at the 3M Open. Top 15 in the field for approach, ball striking, and good drives gained. Kesson Hadley, third top 10 in his last five events. Another huh? guy that yeah. I've seen tip that's in very good form, absolutely. Ooh, how about that? We did a little golf here, a little Detroit. When's the last time you went to a tournament? Oh, last what? year, actually. I went, I went out to the, uh, the CJ Cup, which is usually held in Korea, was actually held at the Summit Club out here. So a lot of good players. I uh, went out there on a Friday afternoon, watched Rory McIlroy and Justin Thomas paired together. Nice. So... It was fun. We have a tournament out here, of course, on the regular Fall Series event. We have TPC Summerlin, mm -hmm. which hosts the uh, Shriners Hospitals Open. So uh, I remember when Colorado used to have the old International, man. Right I by that. my place where Castle I live. Pines. Castle Pines, yeah. They used to have the Stableford scoring and, I lived and all right that. right across uh, the street. It was a know, beautiful course. like to see the Open maybe come back to Cherry Hills again. A, a certain uh, Hall of Fame quarterback, or future Hall of or actually Hall of Fame quarterback, Peyton Manning. He is a uh, member there, so... Uh, yeah, we get we get quite a few tournaments out here, get quite a few events. So uh we don't hurt for golf out here in Las I mean, Vegas. The weather's sure. right. The weather's right, especially at night in July. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. maybe not tonight. I heard there's a deluge, but Yes. 
Yeah, and, and, and look here at VSIN, we got a guy on the payroll that uh, does a golf concierge uh, business by the name of Brady Cannon, my oh. partner on Lawn Shots. So you ever want to book your round uh, at Las Vegas Golfer on the tweets, I just wanted to give my guys some business. Love it. Love a good plug here on a Friday night, Thursday night. Wednesday night. Wednesday night? Yes. <sighs> Thank God. We're almost through hump day, Holden. We got the Rams and their wide receivers and their props. We're going to talk a little Cooper Cup, Allen Robinson. Where are we sitting on these player props? That's next on the Nightcap on BSIN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is the Nightcap on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Join the Born in a Ballpark Challenge presented by Blue Moon to compete free for cash all season. Enter weekly prediction pools to fight for your share of $62,500 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com backslash Blue Moon right now to join the action. Blue Moon made brighter. 21 plus only. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Drink responsibly. The Blue Moon, by the way. I think of, uh, if you remember the boxer Ricky Hatton, I actually, the first big fight I ever attended in Las Vegas was Ricky Hatton against Floyd Mayweather. And all these Brits came over, all these Englishmen packed the arena and it was Blue Moon, the slow song, you know, you know, Blue Moon. Yeah, Blue song. Moon. And and then all of a sudden they get into like the metal thrash. I said, blah, blah. <laughs> the place just went ape for Ricky Hatton, who was challenging Floyd Mayweather. And then uh, those uh, uh, British fans left very disappointed because uh, another easy win for one Floyd Money Mayweather. I used to love going to the fights when I lived here. Mm-hmm. Went to a Lennox Lewis fight. Mm-hmm. Went to like a, I think there was a Klitschko. I know fight. we 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 need more big boxing fights here. It's over. We need more. It's not coming back. I think it's just dead. Like people like there, are, there are still good fights, but it's so hard to get made with yeah. all these promotional it is. different promoters and whatnot. Yeah. And then you add the sanctioning bodies. It's kind of a mess. But uh, hopefully we get a couple big ones. Maybe a, a Bud Crawford, Errol Spence. That would be nice. Isn't it MMA at this point, though? I feel well, like just... and, and look, and I feel MMA just with all the inventory they have. I don't want to say 
it's dead. It's certainly not. There's still some very big fights. And obviously, that company sold for $4 billion a few years ago. So uh, Lorenzo Fertitta and Frank Fertitta and Dana, uh, who's still involved with the company, made a bunch of money. But with UFC, though, and I say this to Dave Ross all the time, I'm like, man, there's like a fight every weekend. It's, it feels like it's golf or it's tennis yeah. where there's like a year round every single week. So, you know, but you like the big pay-per-views being promoted. They actually do have a big one in Dallas this week, I believe, at the American Airlines Center. Juliana Pena against the uh, greatest female mixed martial artist of all time, Amanda Nunez, trying to get her title back from Juliana Pena. You were just a man of many sports. It's, it's very impressive, I, Wes. I know a lot about a little, Holden. Right. And, I, and I, try and I try and narrow it down to four sports. I try to. Then I work with Reynolds, and I'm, I'm throwing out golf stats and MMA and boxing and microfiche and all sorts of stuff. We go stuff. everywhere, Holden. Big things popping, little things stopping. Well, you know how it goes. We got a few minutes left here. Let's talk a little NFL before we head out of here. I'm going down to Barry's. Get a nice, delicious meal. Yes. Are you going to go home, have some uh, toast? I, I I am going uh, to drive home, maybe stop off at the Taco Bell drive through <laughs> and uh, eat a little bit before I go to bed, before I got to be up for Follow the Money tomorrow morning here on VEASAN. I'm eating better 6 than 6 a.m., tune in. Eating better than Wes tonight, I'll tell you that much. You are. Uh, we've been talking about wide receiver cores and some props here, and you got to talk about the L.A. Rams. Uh, Cooper Cup, super stud, stayed healthy, one of the greatest receiving seasons in the history of the world. I mean, he's what, about 700 yards shy? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's probably 1,300 mm-hmm. and a half yards uh, over under his 11 and a half receiving touchdowns. The guy I love, and you know this, I've already told you, Allen Robinson, 825 and a half, seven and a half receiving touchdowns over is eight, 825 and a half yards over is minus 115. If I didn't have my rule that I don't bet overs, here in the preseason, that would mean my guy. Uh, again, he's going to suck up all the Robert Woods targets. Mm-hmm. Uh, Allen Robinson is my boy. Well, I'm interested to see how he's going to do because uh, if you look at the grades, if you look at the PFF stuff, uh, last year only a 67. He had above an 80, I believe, the, la- the previous two years. But you've also got to take into context that they were switching quarterbacks. Uh, they were going with the, the Red Rifle, the Ginger Ninja, mm-hmm. Andy Dalton, then back to Justin Fields, then back to Andy Dalton, then back to Justin Fields, uh-huh. and the same terrible offensive line, the Chicago Bears, who, by the way, that would be a prop. I know we didn't cover it tonight, but I think it's like 10 or 12 to 1. If you're looking for, like, worst record in the NFL, I, already bet it. I think it would be the Chicago Bears. I do not like this team at all. Mm-hmm. I hate to say that to my brethren, you know, in Chicago, but that offensive line, I, I, I think uh, Mr. Fields is going to have uh, baptism by fire this I, season. I think, yeah, I think it was It was at least a dozen to one. Might yeah. have been higher. Yeah. That, that team is going to struggle to win Because four. I think people will look at the obvious ones like the Houston Texans yeah. or, you know, maybe the Jaguars or the Seahawks. Uh, I actually think the Jaguars will be a little bit better this year, but... Yeah, the Bears would be that team. But back to Allen Robinson, who did not have a great season there in Chicago. But, you know, when you go to a championship culture and you see guys around you and you have been part of rebuilds and bad front office maneuvering and just, you know, the Bears just haven't been good the last few years. Mm -hmm. And now you're going to L.A. and Les Snead. They've made all the deals. They're trying to run it back for a Super Bowl. It's kind of like you either get with the program or you get out. So that's how I think maybe Alvin Robinson is going to approach this. I don't think he's going to be a diva. I think he's going to do exactly what this team needs him to do. So he could have a big year. Uh, 
Van Jefferson, I want to see if he gets involved more. He was battling some injuries late last year, and then I believe his uh, wife had a baby during the Super Bowl last year. That's so. right. Yeah, because he didn't hit any of his props. I, I think he like left right after yeah, the game, too. He played, <clears> and then I think that he was down on the field after the game. He had his two little kids there. Yeah. He's like, hey, guys, we yeah. got to go. Mommy had a baby. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to add another child here, yeah. so let's get going. But On Robinson, though, the quarterbacks this guy has had, he put up 1,400 yards and 14 touchdowns with Blake Bortles. Yes. Okay? Blake Bortles, Justin Fields. You can name any horrible Jacksonville or Bears quarterback over the last – eight years or so, he finally gets to play with a quarterback mm -hmm. for the first time ever. There's been no doubting the talent of Allen Robinson. This guy is one of the more talented wide receivers in the National Football League. I'm just all over it right now. He's going to be 29 this season. I don't want to say he's coming to the end of his prime, but as a wide receiver, you know, two, three, four more years for me, and I wish I could bet him for comeback player of the year. They're just not going to give it to a wide receiver. Um, Allen Robinson... If you're unlike me and you'll bet futures to the over, that to me is the one that stands out. Well, and, and I think, look, playing with Matthew Stafford, who, look, everybody thought Matthew Stafford, oh, he's a loser. Look at what his record was against winning teams. I'm like, well, he's in Detroit where he was always down like, you know, 31 to 21 in the fourth quarter and having to throw all the time and come back. So people could say artificial stats, but the guy proved he could get it done. I know he had a couple turnovers late in the playoffs and in, and in the Super Bowl, but he made big throws mm -hmm. when he had to just go back to that Tampa Gay game, that big throw to cup that got him in the field goal range and got him the win in overtime. So, you know, Allen Robinson, I think finally playing with the big time quarterback. There's something to be said for that. Offensive line, I think, should be good. It might struggle the first few weeks, though, because, of course, Whitworth was the anchor and was the leader. But I think Joe Noboom can take his place at left tackle. All the other four starters are back. So with O-line, it might take a couple weeks. And, and you just look at the Rams and kind of like a, a macro standpoint for the season. I could see them maybe out of the gate. I don't want to say total struggle bust, but... The schedule's not that easy. You get Buffalo in the opener, and then you get a likely win against Atlanta. Then you got two divisional road games right away at Arizona, at San Francisco. You get Dallas coming in. You get Carolina coming in. They could be 3-3 three and three in that stretch, kind of like, you know, boilerplate, eh, they're 3-3, three and three, and then they get hot late in the season like they did. Yeah, and then defensively, it's just a terrific team. I know we're mm -hmm. talking about props here for, for offensive players, but you got the best player on defense in the league, and Donald, you have possibly the best cornerback in the league, and Jalen Ramsey, you know, defensively, they're really good, too. And I think Bobby Wagner's going to add oh, to that with some leadership with the defense that already has leadership, of mm -hmm. course, with uh, Aaron Donald, uh, one of the best defensive tackles of all time. He's still adding to that resume. Leonard Floyd rushing the passer. And then uh, the secondary, I think, is pretty deep with, with Ramsey and, and Fuller and the like. So this is still going to be a very good team out there in Los Angeles. Ten and a half is the win total. Slight juice to the under, minus 115. Uh, minus 105 to the over here. Ten and a half. Eleven I think, and six? I, I, that's doable, but I think that this total is probably about right here. Because if you remember with the Los Angeles Rams, they were the four seed. I know they were 12 and five. They were the four seed in the NFC last year. So, you know, this wasn't a team that necessarily dominated that went 13 and four, 14 and three. So... When you and plus when you're trying to run it back with the Super Bowl, that is the one of the hardest yep. things to do in sports is to go ahead and have that sense of urgency to run that back. Because look, immediately after the Super Bowl is like there's some doubt is like McVeigh gonna go to Monday night football or gonna go to TV. <laughs> Aaron Donald was thinking about retiring. Yeah. Then they kind of looked around and said, 
and we still got a pretty good team. The NFC is not all that top no. heavy. We can beat Tampa Bay or we can beat a Green Bay or or a Dallas or maybe who's the sleeper team this year. I'm going to say Minnesota this year in the NFC is a sleeper team. Like to see Minnesota uh, improve defensively, but yeah, mm-hmm. I mean you're on the right path. Is Kirk Cousins going to kind of be the Matthew Stafford of last year where no. he's always been dubbed a loser. I think he's a little better than people give him credit for, but I think uh, just having an offensive coach, by the way, the Rams do lose uh, uh, the offensive coordinator, Wes Phillips, and of course, Kevin O'Connell takes over as head coach, so maybe some osmosis through uh, the winning culture of Sean McVay coming to Minnesota. Wes, you're awesome. For Wes Reynolds, I'm Holden Kushner. Dan and our guys behind the scenes, you made our job very, very easy tonight. Catch Wes in just a few hours. He'll be making an appearance. I'll be hosting my guys. Two of us are back together tomorrow. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare.